it was going to be titled something else. Uh, I could take and get over it, but that made fans of that. <laughs> but you're going to see what we're going from here. But in today's world, we see that everybody is offended by seemingly everything. Right? And everybody feels like it's our right to be okay. So, in this world we live in, in this particular country, right, we feel like it's our right to be offended. If you're not offended, I'm offended that you're not offended, right? This <laughs> is crazy. So everybody has this seemingly inalienable right to be offended. Now, when we think of offense, let's see what the Bible asks about offenses. Uh, in particular, I want to look at the passage in Luke 17. Luke 17, verses 1 through uh, 4. It says, Then he said to his disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that should offend one of the little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So it, we know it's guaranteed that offenses are going to come. Right? So we, we know that offenses are going to come. But we have people being offended. So offenses are going to come, it's guaranteed, but the option is to be offended. So what is an offense? An offense is a stumbling block, if you will, you know. An offense is an event. Offended is how you respond, okay? An offense is a stumbling block. Offended is you tripping over that stumbling block, right? Offense, you hurt my feelings, and offended, I'm going to tell you about yourself, right? So let's look at the passage in Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me. O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Mm. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed at that very hour. That's good on my side. Now let's look at this in particular. Matthew 15, verse number 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on me, Lord, uh, Lord O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And he answered her, not a word. But just think about where she's from. She's a Canaanite woman. <coughs> coming to a Jewish man looking for a blessing, right? She's 
and of, of, a, of a community of the Canaanites who have been offending and offended by the Jewish community for many, many years. But she comes to him, knowing his power and his authority, she can get her blessing from Jesus. And she said, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Oh, Lord, help me. And he answered her not a word. She could have went many places. She probably did go many places. We don't know. But what we do know is that she's not of his particular faith. She yeah. is a Canaanite woman, yeah. right? And her daughter is severely demon-possessed, you know? The devil is messing with her child. Uh, there's a lot of things that we as people can play about. You, you, you can mess with my house. You can mess with my car. You can mess with my money. But don't mess with my children, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she coming to him, begging him, calling him by his government, son of David, mm -hmm. you know? Son of David, have mercy on my daughter is severely demon-possessed. And what did Jesus do? He disregarded her. He ignored her, you know? So this message may not be for everybody, but it is for somebody. Amen. So I will say that if, if nobody did nothing out of this, I, I know I would. And I, and I had to get cut up by it just as you may. But um, so he was disregarding her, right? Disregarding her. He ignored her. He answered her not a word. She came pleading, begging, heal my daughter. She's severely, not just demon-possessed, but she's severely demon-possessed. He answered her not a word. He just ignored her. You know, many of us in life, if we come to somebody asking for anything, and they just ignore it, ignore us, we can dump it, you know, forget it. You know, I'll find it some, some other way. But not her, you know. Even though she was ignored, she continued to uh, be persistent. And her request. But how many of us got to deal with that uh, fact of being ignored? You know, a uh, person, I think being ignored is worse than being rejected. You know? <laughs> At least if you reject me, I know where we stand. Yeah. You know, you don't want nothing to do with me. Okay, cool. But you just going to ignore me? You know, uh, some of us have iPhones, right? You send a text message. They got this read receipt on them. You know, they need it on red. Really? Can you give me a one word? Uh, response, okay, but you just let me on where you just ignore them. Really? That's some of the stumbling blocks, one of the stumbling blocks we got to deal with in our lives. Being disregarded. And how did this woman overcome this? Continuing with verse number 23. And his disciples came and urged her, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. Now, when I initially started reading this, I, I'm from College Park. So the college parking came out just a little bit. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm reading this, and the disciples said, send her away, or she cries out after us. Like, bro, ain't nobody even talking to y'all. <laughs> no, no one is talking to you all. But that's like us today, you know? The disciples, those closest to Christ, cried out and said, send her away. Even though she said, oh, Lord, have mercy on the son of David. None of y'all are the son of David, right? But they got the ones, most likely probably Peter, got a big mouth. Yes. But he cried out and said, send her away, for she cries out after us. That's that church hurt. You know? The one that's closest to Christ could sometimes do the most damage. Right? You got somebody coming here off the streets. They may not look the best or even smell the best, but we being disciples of Christ can't be that first interaction of being with Christ. It took a while for them. 
You know, so that could put a bad taste in their mouth and be like, you know what? I thought I wanted to be in the church, but I don't want nothing to do with it now. Mm-hmm. You know, so let alone we was just ignored, but now I've got to deal with that church hurt. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, that that institution hurts because those closest to him, how soon forget? We were, we too was in that lady's position. Yeah. You know, yeah. removed from him, but we needed a blessing and a, and a, and a savior as well. You know, we need to be saved from our iniquities as well. So we can't be forgetful of where we came from, how far we've come, you know? No matter if you've been in the church 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 60 years, it doesn't matter. We can just have that same church that these disciples did. Amen. Verse number 24, but he answered and said, I was not sent except the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So, he ignored her initially. Then his boy spoke up, told her to send her away. Got to deal with the church right now. As if that wasn't enough, now I feel like I'm not even important, you know? I'm not even important. Like, my situation is not important to me, you know? Now I'm feeling insignificant. Stumble block after stumbling block after stumbling block. How much more do I have to endure before you do what I want or tell me about myself where I can go, you know? But the first words that you speak to me, Jesus, is, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, you know? So we know that Jesus came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, right, to save them. But she's being a Canaanite woman, of course, she's outside of that covenant with Abraham, right? So she's dealing with that, and she knows she's not of the house of Israel. So he tells her, I'm only here for the house of Israel. You know, so now we got a feeling like my situation is not important. But with in Jesus' defense, it's, it's not about a matter of importance, but precedence. He's here first for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Not saying that you're not important, but he's here first for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Uh, case in point, when I was about eight or nine years old, right? Jumping on the trampoline, I jumped off, broke both my arms at the same time. My mom took me to the hospital, and when we got to the hospital, we had to sit in the waiting room. So my arms are twisted up because they're broken, and we have to sit there in the waiting room. I'm screaming, crying. All they gave me was a little bag of ice and a towel to cover my arms so people won't be disturbed by how it looks, you know? And meanwhile, other people are coming in and they're getting seen before me, even though I was there first. You know? So it's not a matter of importance, but a precedence. You got a gunshot wound victim coming in. What does it look like for the hospital staff to treat me with a broken arm? I'm ambulatory. I'm not going to die if I don't get my arm fixed. But this person just coming in with a gunshot wound off the street, they take precedence over my situation. Right? Not saying that I'm not important, but they just take precedence. Now, then she came to worship him, saying, O Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. So to literally add insult to injury, you're going to ignore me. Then you're going to make me feel insignificant. 
Then your boy is in the church and I hurt my feelings as well. <laughs> and then now, you, you, you insult me. You, know, you call me a dog. After all I've been through, after I plead to you, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm begging you, have mercy on me. Heal my daughter, she's severely demon possessed. And you don't even give me the courtesy of acknowledging me. You scrolling through your timeline on Facebook. Yeah. And you had the, the folks in your church, the ones that's closest to you, tell me to go away. Because I'm not making too much noise. You know? And now, dealing with the issue of feeling like my issue is not as important enough for you to move on my behalf. Add that on top of being insulted. You know? How many of us, a lot of us would have stopped a long time ago? Way back then, after being ignored, he said, Forget it, I'll go somewhere else, you know. But she stuck around and got even more stumbling blocks thrown in her path. How much is she expected to take, you know? But at the end of the day, we can all be faced with situations where our money can't fix our problems, our jobs can't fix our problems, our social status can't fix our problems. We can have more degrees than a thermometer, and that still cannot fix our problems. But they can't fix our problems. Put that on a t-shirt for me. So stumbling block after stumbling block after stumbling block after stumbling block. Offense after offense. We just supposed to sit there and take it. And then she cried and worshiped and saying, Oh Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Now, if you do the word, a word study on the word dogs in this context, you'll see like there are several variations of the word dogs. You got Hebrew, you got Greek. But in this particular text, little dogs, puppy dogs, you know, pet dogs. You also got hound dogs, wild dogs. That's not what we're talking about, but pet. Now, he called her a dog. Now we got some things we may not understand because of the context in which he was said. You know, mm -hmm. Gentiles in that time considered dogs. You know, mm -hmm. they outside of the covenant with Abraham. Dogs live outside. You know? mm -hmm. He called her a little dog. You know, we got dogs that's licking up vomit in the streets. That's other place in the Bible. But he called her a little dog. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, just maybe, it's not about per se, being the dog, but who that master is, right? It's not about who the dog, or, or being the dog, it's who that dog's master is, you know? The dogs eat the little crumbs from the table that fall from the master's table, you know? The dog, or the master is eating chicken, like brother went through a bowl. The dog is eating chicken, right? The master's eating some T-bone steak, dog with the leftovers from the T-bone steak. Amen. So it, it, it's, even though he came for the house of Israel, you know, you still can receive some reciprocal blessings from that as well. You know, so you still get whatever crumbs fall from that master's table. Amen. Amen. So it, it's not so much about the dog, but who that dog's master is, right? And so now, when we think about it that way. Our stumbling blocks of feeling 
disregarded or ignored can now potentially change. I don't know. But we're feeling like we're disregarded. Then we got the church right on top of it. And then now we got the feeling of not being important. You know? And on top of that, we have being insulted. And all of this is coming from the church. You know, it's not like this from out in the world, but this is right here in the church. So now I charge you to see what is your perspective? Perspective is like lenses, right? I see it one way, you see it another way, right? So one guy saying six and the other saying nine. You know, both of them are right, you know? It all depends on whose perspective, who, whose perspective you're looking at it from, you know? So Jesus, looking at it from the perspective, hey, I'm only here for the household of Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, right? But she's outside of that house, and I need a blessing as well, you know? What's your perspective when it comes to these stumbling blocks, you know, offenses? They're going to come. They're going to come. It's guaranteed it's going to come. But as we read in the, the scripture reading this morning, or this afternoon, Matthew 24, Ten in particular, many will be offended. It doesn't say all will be offended. We're not a guarantee to be offended. Being offended, that's, that's your choice. But you have no, 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 no control over who offends you. Now, back when we read it in uh, Luke 17 about offenses, offenses are going to come, right? But it says, now you don't be the one out there causing offenses, right? You don't be the one out there calling people to stumble. Because if that be the case, it'd be better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. Yeah. Now, a millstone is a, a huge stone used to grind, grind up grain, right? Some of them about the size of a washing machine, some of them about the size of a dishwasher, depending on if it's people power or donkey power. You know, they walk around in a circle grinding that grain up to make power out of flour. So you, it would be better for one of those big stones to be hung around your neck than for you to be out there calling people offenses or to stumble. Right. So now we're challenged with the idea of changing our perspective on these offenses. People are going to try us. We got it. You know what I mean? People are going to try us every single day. How are we going to take that? You know, are you going to sit back and be offended and potentially lose out on your blessing? Or are you going to be overcome? Verse number 28, it says, Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed at that very hour. Mm -hmm. At what very hour? So it seems like what she said in verse number 27 activated that blessing in verse number 28. Mm -hmm. Where she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Mm -hmm. you know? So that was that activation that got her that blessing in verse number 28. Her daughter was healed at that very hour. So, thinking about perspective, now we know offenses are stumbling blocks, but we can change our viewpoint on that and now look at them as stepping stones. Amen. So now we're looking at them as a stepping stone. So we can either choose to stay small and trip up over these offenses that people are going to give to us or put on us every single day anyway. Or we can choose to grow up spiritually, grow up uh, in our faith, grow up and mature in our faith, and get over it to our blessing. Amen. Amen. Just keep it 100. All right, guys. So, 
we see that the, 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 the offenses are going to come. Now it's up to us to either choose to be offended by it and stumble, or to be an overcomer. I'm not going to tell y'all to get over it, but to be an overcomer <laughs> and get over it. You know? <laughs> but the choice is yours. You know, the choice is yours. You don't have to stumble over these stumbling blocks. That's not a guarantee. The guarantee is that they're going to come. But how you respond to it, that's on you. So you can choose to grow up and get over it, or you can choose to stay small and trip over it each and every time. You know? I'm not going to be up here too much longer. I got to sit down. So Jesus, that same Jesus that gave her her blessing. Is the same one who can give us our blessing today. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. And the same one who removed or cast out those demons from her daughter can cleanse us of our sins today. Amen. You know, we serve the same Jesus. And a lot of times what we find ourselves doing is casting the nature of man onto God. But we can't do that. We can't cast the nature of man unto God because he is not like us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth sometimes offends people, right? The truth is like toddlers, leggings, and drunk folks. You know, they'll tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. So, the, 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 the truth sometimes hurts, you know. But are you going to be offended by it? You know, because Jesus was telling the truth when he said he's only sent here for the house of Israel, right? To the lost sheep of Israel. It hurts, you know. It seemed like he's not here for you. But he's here for us all. You know? The choice is yours today. It's not. Uh, is, is, is not beneficial, or it will not behoove you to knowingly stumble over things that people say to you. You, know, you can't control what people do, but what you can do is control how you react or respond to it. Right? This is it's, the concept is easy. Putting it to practice is a bit more difficult. You know, because if the right person on the wrong day hit that button, you could potentially, as some people say, lose your religion and tell them where they can go and what they can do when they get there. Right? So, don't allow others to cause you to stumble. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to answer for it. Events are going to come. Being offended is not guaranteed. It's optional. We don't have no control over what others do. But we do have control over how we respond to what others do. Amen. Amen. And so, Jesus got all of this thrown at him. He did more than this. Thrown at him. He was found. Mocked. Had a crown of thorns played in his head. And in the, all, well, in the end, he hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So he's here for us on our behalf. All we got to do is just obey him. All we have to do is obey him. 
And how do we do that? God's done his part already. Many of us have seen this already. The steps of salvation. God. Hear the words of confess. Be baptized. And live faithful until the dying day. The map is laid out for you. All you got to do is be obedient and take heed to it. Now, I will say, don't be like me. And that I have plenty of opportunities to, to put on Christ and baptism. Right? But me being dramatic, I decided to put on Christ when I almost had a chance to meet him. You know what I'm saying? So when 2000, well, seven years ago, before Paul and I got married, I was sitting over there all the time next to the window. And I would come visit. I was a rookie police officer with the DeKalb County Police Department. Right? I'm sitting up in North DeKalb County, blacked out in the middle of the street, watching people run the red light. I go to pull somebody over, try to pull them over. Before I turn my blue lights on, the driver reaches out his window and starts shooting at my car at least five times. Uh, I was so close to the guy in front of me that I could feel the percussion of the rounds of the, of the bullets. Uh, and the uh, floorboard in my car as he's pulling the trigger. You know, uh, I was stunned for a second, like, is this dude really shooting at me? Mm-hmm. But it was real, you know. I turned my blue lights on, chased the floor a little bit, pulled him over, got him in custody, and put him in the back seat of my police car. And he spoke Spanish, but I didn't speak Spanish, I don't know what he was saying, but a translator came and said that he just wanted to shoot at your car just because, mm-hmm. you know. The very next day, I called Brother May. I was like, hey, you busy? Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the incident happened early in the morning. So it was like zero dark, dark 30 outside in the morning. So I called him the next day and said, hey, you busy? He said, no, what's up? He's like, you know, I'm ready to be baptized. <laughs> He's like, I'm never too busy. Said, All right, meet me at the church building, and we'll take care of it. And on that day, I was baptized. You know? So. Uh, don't be dramatic like that. Don't 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 uh, try to look for a near-death experience, you know, because we know that tomorrow is not promised. So take the chance while you have the opportunity now. You know, while blood is running warm in your veins, take that opportunity to make things right with Christ. No matter how good of a person you may think you are, you still have to put on Christ in Christ. So it's all about obedience at the end of the day. Will you do what is written? And if you say yes, then okay, cool. You can baptize it. But if you say no, you want to wait. And if you were to ask me, hey, Calvary, what are you waiting on? My answer would be, I don't know. You know, because I, I don't know. I, I would sit there every single Sunday. The invitation would be extended and offered. And I would just sit there. What you waiting on? I don't know. I don't know. But... I did it. It took me getting shot at, but I did it. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I don't want that to be your story. You know? That's right. You have the opportunity now while you're safe and sound. The water's good. We got a strong brothers that can dip you in and bring you right back up. Right. You know? So the opportunity is yours. You know? What's going to be our closing song? Uh, 613. 613. All right. Now,
As I said, I don't want to offend nobody with this message. But I pray and hope that you learn something, that you can take heed to what was said, and also see the importance of just living right for Christ. And also, don't allow what people say or do to you cause you to stumble, cause you to sin. Because like I said, we have no control of what folks do to us, but we can control how we respond. Amen. Amen.